Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Science, the show that breaks down the science of television and movies with a comedian and a scientist. Today, we're discussing sex education. So I'll ask about overdosing on Viagra, sex therapy, and people being eaten by wasps. But first, a short word from our sponsor. The Good. I'm your host, Ethan Edinburgh, and I've got two wonderful guests joining me today. Our first guest is a pediatrician and host of the Seeker podcast that's totally normal, Dr. Tessa Commerce, a.k.a. Dr. T. Hi, thanks for having me. That was very enthusiastic. I'm very enthused that you're here. Thanks for joining us once again. Last time you were here, we talked about the movie Good Boys, um, which was super fun. And today, uh, I feel like we're zooming in even further into your specialty, talking about the pilot of sex education. Yes, I am. I am so excited. I love this show, and I actually this is I rewatched the the pilot episode. I think it's fantastic. So I, I cannot wait to discuss. Same. I had not seen it. I absolutely loved the pilot, and do not spoil the rest of it for me. I'll try not to. Okay, thank you so much. Um, our next guest is the founder of Don't Tell Comedy. Welcome to the show, Kyle K.A. Thanks for having me, Ethan. Hey, thanks for being here, Kyle. I appreciate it. Um, did you feel like this pilot was similar or exactly the same as your high school experience? Did you go to high school in England and were all your friends just like these people? <laughs> did everyone look 25? Uh, they, did, they did not. But, uh, 25 and hot. This, yeah, everyone was very good looking. It was, it was not so similar to my high school experience, but I, uh, yeah, I absolutely enjoyed it. It was great. Okay, good. So we're all on the same page here. We're not going to be trashing the content on this program today. Perfect. Um, what Were there similarities? Dr. T, what about you? Did this like remind you of some part of high school maybe i barely remember high school that was a while ago for me um i mean there were certainly some parts of like the mystery of uh sex and relationships that do remind me of it but i uh also you know some of it is is they take some creative liberties for uh the the audience so um a mix mm -hmm. of of some truth and maybe a little exaggeration yeah, well, we're going to get into exactly what is true, what is not today. Um, but if people have not seen this show, I would highly recommend it. I'm definitely going to be watching the rest of it. Um, I really thought, and, and Kyle, you can give me your take on this, but as far as pilots go, pilots are really hard uh, because you have to get out a lot of exposition. You got to explain characters, backstories, how they, what their relationships are to each other, and it can get to be kind of clunky like very easily it can get clunky and i really felt like this was a clinic on how to do it well how to do it cleverly and make it really fun um so i don't know anyway what, what what's your take on it kyle yeah i completely agree i feel like they did a great job of, of making it engaging like you said throwing out the exposition and, and like setting the the stage for what was going to happen um but in a way that didn't feel like forced uh so i i, I love the way that they they uh yeah the pilot was fantastic 
fantastic pilot, a really difficult thing to pull off, um, and it's slam dunked. And so I'm glad that we're talking about it today. I'm glad that it was a required viewing because I hadn't heard much about it, and uh, it needs to be discussed. It was really, really good. Um, and does it get better, would you say, Dr. T? Uh, absolutely. I think that you were right that it sort of plants the seed for seeds for a lot of different um, topics and a lot of different uh, character development. And I think it just keeps getting better and better. I haven't even finished the first season yet, but each episode's, episode brings something new that is related to sex as well as also just related to growing up. So I, I personally believe it is worth watching for sure. Uh, also, if you haven't seen it, I mean, I, I can basically just, you know, touch on a few things. It, it does take place. These these kids are in high school, which uh, is called something else. A secondary school. Is that what it's called over there? That sounds right. OK, thank you. I'll hey, listen, I'll take either from the scientists or the comedian. If somebody tells me I'm right. I'll take it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I had a lot of questions about kids that are that age. And, you know, how, you know, it's a, it's probably the most intense time in our development as humans i mean am i out of bounds saying that dr t no absolutely from a combined you know physical and uh brain mental development standpoint it is absolutely one of the most if not the most complex times of development for sure you're right again oh my god i'm killing it today (laughs) usually i am zero for a hundred so it's all downhill from here um so I mean, I assume a lot of this could be categorized under the umbrella of puberty, right? Is that just like describing this developmental cycle? You know, I would I would probably say a lot of it is post-puberty um, or, you know, sort of the stage five of puberty, uh, if you will. So um, th- these characters... So I was right in predicting that I would start being wrong. Yeah, yeah. You should just stop while you're ahead. <laughs> uh, no... <laughs> <laughs> you're you're correct in that it is related to puberty, um, but I would say that these characters are a bit beyond um, the you know how big is I mean we already know that there's a penis discussion, um, but you know when is yes. my penis going to stop growing? And um, they've already kind of been through the a lot of the physical transformations, but still trying to understand um, how their bodies work and the play between mental and physical sexual health, which I think is a really important, uh, take home message from the show, uh, as well as understanding relationships and how you relate to others. And obviously your hormones are surging during this time. So in that way, yes, it is, we'll call it the last, the final installment of puberty transition to adulthood. It feels like And I think they touched on this in the show that it kind of happens all of a sudden or like, you know, people go away for the summer and then they're back and they, you know, commented on like, oh, this person looks totally different. Like they're clearly these things are happening like all at once. So I was just curious if there's like a typical, you know, okay, from uh, 14 to 18 is like high time for change. You know, every I should I have to start by saying everyone is a little bit different. So no one should panic if they feel like they're ahead or behind. But On average, usually, you know, by the time people, and this is going to be in America, so high school age, but I would say around like the 15, 16 is when there's that final transformation stage. But for, um, I mean, I also think it's interesting to watch these shows in that oftentimes some of the male characters seem to be a little bit further behind in in the than the female characters um, in development, which is absolutely 
uh, expected as well in their development, but um, both physical and sort of mental maturation. Um, some but, do, some never achieve and that. Yeah, it's an mentally. ongoing process. Yes. <laughs> um, but it is true that there are, again, because it is such a very small time period for such huge changes that you can certainly... Um, I mean, people have growth spurts in very short amount of time, short amounts of time. You can have breast development in short amount of time, short amount of time. So um, there are certainly things that can really blossom. But I also think that the thing that changes pretty quickly um, for a lot of teens is coming to terms with who they are or sort of exploring how they present themselves. And so I would say oftentimes a lot of the, oh, I went away for the summer and I came back to school is a lot of, all right, I did some personal growth and I am a little bit more comfortable with myself or I'm playing around with different types of, you know, clothing or hairstyles or it's a time for real like self-exploration and and, um, self-identification testing. And so I think in that way, there can, there's potential for a lot of change in short, short amounts of time. Yeah. Kyle, did you go through this type of uh, identity crisis? Did you have like a goth phase? Yeah. Very recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, I definitely uh, remember what I related to most in the show, I feel like is the insecurities that they did a great job of depicting from some of the characters, um, both like just in general, but then around like sexuality, which uh, I think they did a, a great job of, of like really showing that, um, especially with the main, like the main character. So I, I certainly feel like that was really on point in terms of high school like experience. Um, but yeah, it, it did feel like at the same time, like the, the sexual stuff seemed pretty advanced for high school. I mean, I went to a public school and that it, it didn't feel like everybody was like having sex all of a sudden they come back from junior year. Um, so that, that felt a little bit like more, more advanced. And what did you, what did you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I think some people from my recollection were more advanced, but in general it was not being discussed. Is that, do you think Dr. T that's like changed with, I don't know, just technology and like the evolution of information available to kids? Like, are they now getting sexual earlier and earlier? Should we blame video games? Actually, well, <laughs> it's actually the opposite. Uh, what oh. some studies are now showing is that spending more time with technology is reducing social skills and the relationships that are happening at earlier age. So just mm. on average, uh, we're finding that people become, again, on average, sexually active and in relationships a little bit later than before. But that's not to say that they aren't exposed to these things in huge numbers through social media too. So right. um, it's it's increased exposure, but kind of less experience um, right now. Okay. And probably depends on how horny they are. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Major variable there. Major variable. Can't uh, stress that enough. Um, so yeah, I, I now I'm drawing a blank. I can't remember the main character's name. Otis. One of... Otis, oh my God, you're right, and such a great name. Um, so, for again, those who hasn't haven't seen it, Otis um, is the main character. His mom is a sex therapist, and he's very embarrassed about it. He's been trying. He's ashamed. It seems like he's trying to to hide that from the other kids. He thinks he's going to get made fun of. 
Uh, eventually, he does get made fun of for it pretty brutally. I would I would also point out. Um, but is is sex therapy slash maybe just sex education prevalent in the school system the way that they are showing it? Because I all that I can remember from school about sex ed is that we had like one class and it wasn't like a semester of classes it was literally like you're going to science like a normal science class but today is sex ed day and they showed some videos and everybody made jokes and then we left and i don't think that i learned shit so <laughs> is that has that changed is it like you know do what do you think kids would uh, uh freak out the way they were doing in the show well, I think Kyle is probably closer in age to remembering these uh, situations, but I can say um, what I do know is that, um, again, this is in the United States, but sex education is really a varied experience for different high schoolers, even right now. Um, there are different state regulations, different um, district regulations on what should be taught and who should be taught what in the school. Um, mm. But I would say, um, period, sex ed is like what you described <laughs> very basic and cringeworthy and uncomfortable because it's taught by someone who's usually like a science teacher like they show in the show or a pe teacher and right. um and it's forced and it doesn't feel i mean it gives you very basic information that you probably especially now have learned somewhere else whether it's your parents or social media or movies or shows um so I think right. at this point, you know, and this is just going to be me going on a on a little rant here, but I think that the way we do sex education is is pretty antiquated, and it's unfortunate that not only can we we can't establish a consistent form of sex education, but also it is still taboo. And I think that comes to your point or the description you had, Ethan, about the show and. You didn't say that Jillian Anderson plays the mom, who is, I think she's wonderful. Oh, um, fantastic. Yes, but yeah. um, I do think that's part of the, um, obviously, a lot of the heat of the show, but the the almost, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not contraindication, but the, um, it, you know, that it's silly for his mom to be a sex therapist, or, you know, he's embarrassed about it, but everyone's thinking about it and everyone right. ultimately benefits from his knowledge so even you know you're you're making fun of someone teaching it but you still want to know um so mm -hmm. that's kind of my my thought on the where we are in um sex education right now at least in this country is that it's old and it's not super helpful and it's inconsistent great so as most things discussed on the podcast we are doing a terrible job yeah always, for some reason when it comes to anything scientific informational helpful it's like we suck at it um so that's not surprising uh yeah i wish it was it was uh, improved upon i wish they they taught it better because like you're saying it's it's something that we're all gonna go through uh regardless of you know if you're a late bloomer or an early bloomer or whatever like the time is gonna come and why not be informed about it? I feel the same way about like financial information too. Oh like gosh. they never taught us about no. taxes or anything. And then you're just supposed to know about it. It's like, oh, it's impossible. I, I think I learned how to write a check in school and that was about it. And now we don't even use checks, but um, <laughs> what is a check? Um, but no, it's a fancy school. To, to, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I also feel like the, 
uh, problem with the way we treat sex education now is that we are almost in not talking about it. We're teaching people to be ashamed about these feelings and to keep them inside, whether that's about your sexual um, questions or if it's about a body part. The more we don't talk about them, then the more they feel like they can't talk about it and they carry that into adulthood as well. And so I I think that there are many ways that we can improve, but also just um, just making sure people aren't ashamed of their bodies, like you're saying, Ethan, and the questions that you have. Um, it's totally fine to have these questions. You're healthy, you're normal, um, you're developing, it's okay. Okay, well, speaking of speaking about it, our main character, Otis, um, I believe towards the beginning says he doesn't like how his boner feels. And I was wondering if you could shed some light on that and if it had something to do with his uh, mental tightrope walk, because clearly he's kind of going through something uh, because of his mom and, and the access to this kind of sexual information. So I thought maybe that that was linked somehow. Seems like it. I could talk. I feel like I've been talking. Kyle, do you have any? Um, you know, do you, can you identify? <laughs> any can you identify with Otis at all? Oh. <laughs> I I feel like every guy who was in high school like went through the went through the experience of like trying not to get a boner in high school, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that I feel like is one of the most relatable things for for men, uh, which like everyone feels shame about. <laughs> That's a great one. That's a great question, Kyle. What is the science? behind these rando erections? Oh gosh, so especially during puberty, um, there are a number of different, obviously we know that hormones are are fluctuating throughout the day, but also um, you have changing blood supply that supplies nutrients to the private parts. And so we also know that blood supply is what causes boners. Um, so it's, it's a collection of like the, the random spikes that you get in hormones that really have no association with, um, I mean, you can get boners obviously if you're, uh, aroused by something that you see, but you can also just get random ones, um, at any period of time. And, um, that is usually driven by either hormones or some change in your, in your, uh, circulation and supplying nutrients to a growing body part. So, yeah. So your, your, your blood circulation is kind of being switched up during this time period in your life, and that's why that happens? Well, I mean, just thinking about when any part of your body grows, there's a delivery of nutrients and um, things that are needed to make that body part grow or heal. Um, and so that also happens, especially, I mean, you think about, you know, growth spurts, um, you have an increase in nutrition, you know, and and blood circulation throughout your entire body, you have a lot of um, brain development, actually, your brain develops through 25, but you have a lot of different um, changes going on there as well. And so, I mean, just in general, uh, blood circulation plays a huge role in, in healthy growth and development. And blood circulation also plays a very big role in boners, as well as, um, blue balls too so uh yeah all of that just is extra circulation to your private area yeah kyle do you have any tips having gone through all of this for people that are (laughs) sitting in class getting rando boners what's the what's your move yeah if the teacher calls on you just don't stand up that's my advice so Um, your advice is to stay (laughs) seated until it goes at all times (laughs) okay i don't know i don't know if the 
I don't know how many people that's going to help, but I appreciate uh, the advice. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. So there's there's a couple like hot issues that I wanted to to touch on here. Uh, one of them is the weed situation. So first of all, I have to mention that I believe I wrote this down. There's an exact quote that somebody says, want to get monged, M-O-N-G-E-D, which I assume is like British slang for stoned or high. Have either of you heard that before? I, I have not heard that before, but I'm absolutely going to be starting to incorporate that into my vocabulary. Yeah. Okay. Same. <laughs> because <laughs> I love that. Term. I thought that was <laughs> yeah. so good, and I've never heard that before. want to well, get monged. I've got to confirm for you, it is British, yes. heavily under the influence of alcohol or drugs. Oh my God, that is so great. Monged. <laughs> and it's like so perfect. It just sounds like what's about to happen, too. I'm going to get monged out. <laughs> okay, great. I had to confirm that. I thank you, Dr. T. Absolutely. Um, so w- we got both sides of the spectrum here. There was, there was some talk about cannabis health benefits um, that Otis's mom discussed. And then uh, she, she mentioned that it could be linked to early onset impotence. So can you weigh in on the weed front? Uh, so the impotence part, I'm not entirely sure about the earlier you use it the higher chance of in older life you are of developing impotence what i do know about using marijuana um, again under the age of 25 specifically is kind of how we talk about it because we again the brain is developing throughout that period of time so we know that heavy use of marijuana and early use so like 14 or 15 and if you use it regularly and heavily um, there's a higher chance of you having sort of some mental health issues later on in life whether that's in the form of attention problems um, or memory issues or um, depression or anxiety so that's kind of the link that we have right now um, obviously in the moment you can have, um, with alcohol or, or marijuana, some changes in your, uh, sexual activity. Um, but, but I'm not aware of the studies that she's talking about, but she says it so convincingly. I just want to believe her. <laughs> yeah, same. I, I mean, I was completely was convinced that she's a doctor and she was just giving me information. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that's good to know. And Adam, is in a sticky situation he takes a bunch of viagra i believe he takes three of them correct and is freaking out feeling like he's gonna die um because of a viagra overdose so i was just curious if those effects are realistic yeah so uh, they are um it's it's so it's interesting because in pediatrics everything is weight based and then you hit 18 and everything turns into one pill or two pills. Um, so I don't know his particular 
weight. He seems to be a larger guy. Um, and he takes three pills. So I would say that's probably an overdose for anyone of any size. But um, for kids we tend to, or in, and young adults, we tend to do more weight-based dosing. But yes, it is, is possible to experience um, some side effects of Viagra, as I'm sure you've seen on even the commercials if you have an erection lasting longer for four hours. Um, and the issue is that it's sort of in the physiology of an erection too, that you have these three spongy tubes that fill up with blood and you have different stages of an erection. And the final stage or the, the very rigid stage is when the tubes or these sponges are just completely full with blood and they're so tight that you block back the backflow of blood out of your penis. So basically the veins collapse and so you have no uh, backflow of blood. So that blood is just sitting in there and you're not getting fresh. I mean, that's why we have blood deliver delivery to all parts of our body. We have a pumping heart that delivers fresh, fresh oxygen and nutrients to every part of the body, including the penis. And so again, if you have a an erection, a rigid erection that cuts off fresh blood supply to your penis, that is going to be an emergency. So um, I can't speak necessarily to the duration of his erection or the dosing, but three would be excessive, I would say, for any any body weight, any age. And yes, it can be it can be dangerous. Painful. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, that's going to be a very. He, <laughs> I just the way he described it was. Oh, it feels like it's going to explode, and not in a good way. Um, so, I mean, it also can become very unnerving too. So it's kind of the same philosophy, um, like behind, uh, blue balls, um, is that again, when you are aroused, you have increased blood flow to the private area. And when you have, when you orgasm, that blood releases from the private area. And so you kind of get backflow and you still have blood delivered down there, but it's less. And so when you have a lot of blood sitting there for a prolonged period of time, you get it stretching on your um, muscles and on your nerves and on your vessels. And so that prolonged stretching and pressure can certainly lead to some aches and discomfort. This all sounds frightening. <laughs> yeah, and I, I also want to say like what a he was casually just having Viagra in his locker at, in high school. Like that was wild. That, that was going on. Yeah, just popping three at lunchtime. Yeah, he's I mean, what used to it? <laughs> there was yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. sex going on during the day, which was also very like the, yes, in, the out quad, in the quad. Yes, it was everywhere. It's very strange. Pretty sexual school. Something's in the water in this town. <laughs> Viagra is what's in the water. Viagra's <laughs> in the water. They don't know what to do with their boners. <laughs> the question that just came up in my mind is like, is that what Viagra does then? In essence, is it just sending more blood to your unit? Yeah, it selectively um, targets those blood vessels. So it's actually, um, it's also used, interestingly, um, sildenafil is the generic name of it. And it's also used for pulmonary hypertension. So when you have wow. uh, high blood pressure in your lungs, um, it's used to reduce the, and you get that from a variety of reasons, uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, but uh, so it reduces the, uh, uh, relaxes the blood flow in your, uh, in your lungs. So 
uh, we have different drugs that target different receptors and things like that throughout the body. And so the Viagra specifically targets, so it causes vasodilation of the um, lungs as well as of the penis. So blood flow to both areas. Wow. Wild. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science. I also wanted to bring up, because I really loved this uh, scene where Otis and his mom are, you know, tensions are flaring up and they seem to be on the precipice of an argument and they take three breaths and it's just a silent, calm three breaths and then they kind of apologize to each other and just continue speaking and I thought that was fantastic and just a great I don't know, life lesson that everybody could also just take from this pilot episode because I'm sure we've all been there where you're in the heat of the moment and somebody's, you know, pissing you off. And it just, it was so effective just in watching them do it, you know? Yeah, so in our um, podcast, uh, That's Totally Normal, we talk about some specifics of uh, brain development during puberty and uh, the... Uh, changes specifically that happen with the limbic system, um, which causes a lot of uh, excess or what seems to be excess at the time, aggression or hyper reactivity to things that teens tend to be a little bit more emotional about things. But we really think it's because of the development and the signaling that's going on in the limbic system. And so it is super healthy. That That's a, I agree with you that that is a beautiful example of a way to help all right, let's process things. Let's just calm down. Yes, acknowledging that, and I'm not saying that this is because of his limbic system. They were just having an argument, but um, but I do think it's great practice to get into whether um, it's with you know an older person or your your preteen or teenager who's going through some huge emotional swings. Is all right. Let's figure out a way that we can calm down together, and then reassess the situation. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that there is a bit of uh, physiology in that scene, although it could just be an emotional outburst from son and parent. So that truly is like in re- in any relationship uh, throughout life, like you, you being able to separate the emotions from a reaction and having a moment to just take a pause and almost like zoom out a bit. Um, I, I appreciated that scene as well. That is so well said. Separate the emotions from the reaction. That's really great. Yeah. I like that. Dr. Kyle. Doctor. <laughs> Thank you. Finally get some respect. Joining us on the show today. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um, I usually just kick or punch the person I'm with. I gotta be honest. <laughs> yeah, that works. Gotta be honest with you. That calms us both down, it feels like. Um, okay. Someone... I think that one of the teachers writes SRE on the board and then kind of in the background of the episode, there's multiple references to pubic lice. Mm. So had to ask about that. Uh, Are those the same thing? Are they similar? And what should you do if you have pubic lice, I guess? So I actually, that is a, that's a good, um, one of their little implications was that they, I think SRE, it might stand for for like sex something education. Mm. Does it? I'm not totally sure. I have, I just brushed it off as British. Um, But the, uh, (laughs) if I don't understand it, it's gotta be British. Um, So the, um, 
the pubic lice part of it, the assumption was then that they were gonna they were gonna practice putting on condoms and that was gonna help prevent the spread of pubic lice. Um, if you remember, that was kind of the next action, and right. uh, that does not that does not prevent pubic lice from spreading. So uh, it does. Pre- it's great at preventing other STIs like gonorrhea and chlamydia, HIV, syphilis, um, but it does not prevent. If you think about the body parts that are touching and covered um, by uh, condom, I'll give you a minute. Okay, and then you think about the <laughs> pubic lice and where they are. Um, they're not right. covered, so that's not going to be effective way, an effective way of preventing the spread of pubic lice from person to person. But it's a noble effort, I suppose. Teaching. What if you uh, just wrapped everything in a big condom? <laughs> I assume that's common practice. <laughs> There's going to be like a diaper condom or something. That's the newest thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know that condoms come that large. Maybe this is the beginning of an entrepreneurial uh, endeavor well, for I, you. I, I, yeah, we take this to Shark Tank yeah. for sure. I was going to say, I mean, Kyle over here is the founder of a comedy company. It's a very small step sideways to big yeah. diaper condom. <laughs> if you think about it, because solve so many issues yeah if your partner is itching down there while you're making out as was the case in that one scene Mm -hmm. um red flag probably good to second guess things yeah get them cleaned up somehow take them to a vet uh veterinarian no i mean (laughs) doctors can take care of pubic. i don't know that's where my head went you can take care of pubic lice too let me just shave it off by some over-the-counter stuff anyway yeah um, okay, so I, I can't say I wanted to ask about this, but it did come up in the show. I wrote it down, so I'll pose it to you. What's up with this Oedipus complex? Do people have this? Is this real? What's going on here? Kyle? No, um, yeah. Kyle? <laughs> Dr. Kyle? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's more just like the, so, the you know, the context was that Otis's mom was having sex with a, younger man not like her son's age so i think that's also important but a lot of guys are attracted to older women and that is okay i mean it is it is a thing it's more of a psychology area of study but yes it's sort of like the the nurturing caring part of a mother that um is is supposed to be the attraction and comfort there but um but yeah, I mean, it's it's can be real. It's not for everybody, but it's also fine, obviously, to a healthy age appropriate extent, as well. So okay, what what's an unhealthy age? Well, I'm I mean, I'm talking more like, you know, legal. legal. Oh, oh, got it. Yes, yeah. So we but, go by the law around here. Yeah, that's that's how I roll. Yeah, um, <laughs> law-abiding but, <laughs> citizen. That's nice. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. Um, yeah, otherwise, I, yeah, that's, that's kind of, it's, it's fine if you're attracted to older people. Um, that's, yeah, that's all I have to say about the Oedipus complex. Okay, good to know. One person is ridiculed, uh, for being a nympho at one point, and they say some stat that's, like, really wild, that she, like, had sex with 12 people in four minutes or something like that. I assume that that's a completely... Kyle? No. <laughs> Kyle? Yeah. <laughs> 
that was a that was a very good depiction of like how there's like shaming in high school of like yeah. you know the first person who has sex in high school is is shamed and made out to be like you know like like a nympha or whatever uh so that i feel like that was pretty on point with with reality i really can't say enough so i watched i think i just finished the fifth episode i'm not gonna say what happens but there is a beautiful episode of solidarity where someone is ridiculed for some body part and many others come together to provide support and i i was very moved watching that episode but it is so true in that high schoolers really can't, i mean some of these some of the things that are depicted in this show i think are pretty exaggerated but some aren't and yes like anytime someone is showing a little bit of maturation beyond you know the average of their peers it's a very easy target to make fun of and um and you'll find out later that that info comment is also false but um and it's i mean realistically that's not possible i don't think that's pretty it's pretty <laughs> intense but um but yeah it's it's a you're right kyle that that people can be nasty and horrible and um really ridicule things that just they're not familiar with um i think at the end of the day and yeah um totally totally feels like all of that comes from some level of insecurity yeah. or not knowing about certain things which i think think then goes back into the whole education piece where like the communication around sexuality is so bad that everyone's so insecure at an early age and even like in later in life because it feels like most conversations have to have either with you with your partner at some point or um if you do like enter into some sort of therapy but it's it's still like not something that is talked about even amongst like friends a lot of time right that's a good uh point I wanted to maybe leave off on like with the sex therapy which is looked down on or, or or with shame in this show when when do you think it's appropriate or or you know when when should somebody feel comfortable going to sex therapy you know for uh for me uh not personally but professionally you know just just some of the work that I do uh there's a lot of just insecurity and uncertainty about who to go to when you have questions about um, sexual activity and whether that is a sex therapist or whether it's your doctor or um, some other professional out there. And I do think it's it's worth emphasizing that um, even, you know, as early as your pediatrician. So, I mean, I see people through sometimes through 21, but definitely through the age of 18. And it is always acceptable to talk to your doctor about um, at whatever age you are, but especially, you know, as, as you're in adolescence and have questions, it is always appropriate um, to t ask your doctor about questions about your body. And if ultimately it's the, not the right spot, we'll figure out where to send you. And if, you know, we think therapy and then sex therapy is the right place to be, um, or if there's some other medical thing that we need to look into, um, just know that you can always, at least at the first stop can always be your doctor and they can sort of sift through is there anything else medically that we need to look at here or emotionally or do we need therapist or do we need actual sex therapy and for some that generally tends to be more of a couples thing um when it comes to to sex therapy i th would say although 
I mean, you could certainly go by yourself, but that's more of like a therapy, more of a therapy thing. But regardless, um, I would say that um, just knowing where to go and you should never be ashamed to bring up anything about your body with your doctor. It, of course, people are, but you shouldn't be because um, we're a safe space. So that's that's what I would say to that. Great. I love that. Um, everybody tell your doctor everything uh, about you, <laughs> that personal just... details. Uh, they'll send you where you need to go. And uh, Kyle, uh, thanks for coming on the show for the first time watching this pilot. Uh, I'm thrilled to say that live shows are back. So you want to tell people where they can find your shows? What's going on? It's exciting. Live live comedy is back. We're back up and running in, in 18 cities uh, all throughout California and Texas and soon to be New York and Boston. So you can check out all that info on, on our website, donttellcomedy.com. Love it. So psyched about that. Donttellcomedy.com. Um, we've played poker before in person. Now it's been definitely over a year uh, since that has happened. So I'm happy to say poker's back too, baby. <laughs> I am psyched go. up about that. Uh, Dr. T, where can people follow you? Obviously, they should be listening to That's Totally Normal, fantastic podcast of yours. Uh, my platform is Ask Dr. T, and you spell out doctor. Um, you can find me on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and I recently started Twitch. I'm... Ooh super hip yeah are you just playing red dead redemption 2 you know uh, what twitch is oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) i just assume it's you playing red dead redemption 2 and talking in a southern accent while narrating what you're doing (laughs) hey you gotta relate to people right uh no it's it's just i try to make it into a little bit of a game i ask questions about body parts and stuff like that but i'm not gaming i'm more of just one of the just chatting folks but okay. it's a new new project for me. I hope to see you there. Yes, absolutely. That sounds super fun. Um, I'm sorry that I did not dive into people being eaten by wasps. I know I promised that in the intro, but it was a joke in the pilot. <laughs> so I had to say it because uh, I thought that scene was great. But, uh, but yeah, thank you both for, for coming on the show. I super appreciate it. And I'll talk to you next time. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, Ethan. Bye-bye. Bad Science is a Seeker podcast produced by Emily Feld and me, Ethan Edinburgh. The executive producer is Brett Kushner, and our social media is managed by Blue Whale Media. And please leave us an iTunes review. Give us five stars. I sound like an Uber driver, but it does help. It makes sure people know about the podcast, which we really appreciate. Thanks for listening. Bye.